Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Communications Project Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, I'm happy to introduce my guest, John Camo, the founding partner of H2 Talent. John is recognized as one of the leading recruiters in the country. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks, Bethany. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, you know, it's winter in Denver. Well, it's actually fall, but we don't really have a fall. So snow's on the ground, but we're chugging along uh, through the end of the year here. <laughs> All right. Well, you're, you're uh, avoiding snow and I'm here in Southern California avoiding uh, fires. Oh, gosh. Mother Nature is um, definitely coming after us this year. So um, seems like it. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll have to be good stewards of the earth. And one way we're doing that is uh, through the cannabis plant. So let's let's get to know you. Let's let's learn more about your background and experience before you started working in cannabis before getting involved in this cannabis industry? Yeah, sure. I, um, you know, I started out, you know, in executive search. So, you know, essentially for lack of a better word, uh, a headhunter. And some of the companies that I was working with, you know, 15 years ago were, um, you know, on the, uh, they were emerging industries. One was in particular uh, the IT consulting world. Uh, at that time, you know, no one had taken a lot of their, you know, development and resources overseas. And I helped, you know, companies like Cognizant Technology Solutions, Infosys Technology Solutions really help find uh, the appropriate people to help grow and scale those businesses. And it was really, you know, interesting to see them selling a, a completely foreign uh, service 
um, you know, over to the states and seeing how a, a company would go and, and build and add resources to accommodate with, you know, the a, an emerging service they were adding. So, you know, we were finding myself, I was finding some of the, the top sales and, and leadership positions with those companies and being based from Chicago also helped with some early onset placements of uh, executives and leaders with CDW and, and Groupon and helping building out their nationwide sales teams. And I'd say probably, you know, nine plus years ago, just through curiosity and being able to, you know, the art of conversation and, and who your end audience is, really started uh, aligning myself with other emerging industries, big data, mm -hmm. uh, cryptocurrency, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, and, and obviously, you know, no other more emerging than the, the next great global industry, cannabis. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I didn't realize at the time, you know, 15 years ago and, and up to, you know, three and a half when I got into the cannabis industry that, you know, my skill of identifying the appropriate skills and expertise of, of someone and, and what they've done in their past and how they can be, you know, bridge that gap into a, a new emerging industry and, and being able to be, um, you know, a part of assessing those type of qualities and, and putting them together with the right companies and the right stage of growth at the right, you know, um, you know, a, a, a point of, of scale um, really fits into, you know, this industry, obviously, of, uh, of cannabis. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Some of those other fields that you did recruiting for sound really fascinating, like virtual reality, uh, <laughs> augmented reality. That's, that's really exciting. Um, and, and still something uh, that's growing fast and people, more people are buying those viewers so that they can have these virtual reality experiences. I still haven't done it yet. It's on my list of things to do. Um, so yes, cannabis is absolutely one of these fast growing, the next greatest American industry as we like sure. to say. Um, other than seeing it as an emerging industry and an interesting industry, do, do you have a personal story or reason for why you decided to go full in and, and how did that happen? Yeah, sure. As, as a, a recruiter and, and specifically dealing in emerging industries, you know, what happens is, um, you know, eventually the emerging industry becomes large enough where companies have the support to go and hire within, you know, with, within the company, um, meaning their own staff of recruiters, directors of human resources. So eventually, you know, as a, a small, you know, one to three person shop for the majority of my, my career, you always have to adapt. And then, you know, personally, um, just, you know, not getting bored, but, um, you know, always want, wanting to be on, on the, the cutting edge um, or right on the edge of, you know, some of these, you know, spaces that are taking off, you, you have to adapt. And there is a, a portion where, you know, you have to take uh, some time to understand the new markets and reach out and, and understand through conversations 
what you're looking for and what some of these companies might need. And while I was, you know, sitting around, I remember reading an article about the cannabis industry being a $2.1 billion in revenue uh, industry. And in the next two years at that point, when I read that article, they said, mm -hmm. hey, it's going to be 3.7. So wow. what I did just through <laughs> curiosity and the way I work and always looking at, at a different merging markets, I was, I was stuck. I, I, I had the bug. And I went and immediately got on my phone and called anybody that I knew in Colorado. <laughs> and, <laughs> because Colorado- Anybody, had, we're all weed experts here, it's fine. <laughs> it's part, yeah. of, part of being a resident of Colorado. For sure, I, I remember reading something <laughs> where they said, Colorado legalizes recreational cannabis, so people in Colorado can continue doing what people in Colorado have been doing for years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. you, through that, you know, talk to people. I said, Hey, what are the regulations? What are you like? Do you just walk into a store? Is it like a target? Who the heck, it, you know, what's it like? Um, you know, and then the second step was reaching out to everybody that I knew that consumed cannabis and saying, Hey, have you been to Colorado? What do you think about legalization? And through those conversations of my tight knit network, I realized, Hmm, yeah, this, this isn't going anywhere. Right. And that night I went upstairs and I did, you know, what, you know, at that time, I think I, I, I do best was, you know, going out on LinkedIn and reading articles about the cannabis industry, mm -hmm. reading articles in any of the different periodicals. And with that, that next morning, I, I reached out to everybody, um, introducing myself. Hey, my name's John Como. I'm an executive recruiter. I've been, you know, helping companies grow and scale by placing executives in, in emerging industries for, you know, a better portion of 10 years. I think I have a, a distinct <laughs> quality that I can bring to this industry. Would you be interested in hopping on the call? And when I didn't get the responses that I wanted that first day, the second day of curiosity just got me on the phone. <laughs> so I started to, you know, cold call some of the people that I, I read articles about, some of the people I reached out to and, you know, reached out to my business partner, Jay Zarkowski and Jay and his wife, Diane had started uh, Boulder Kind Care, which was license number seven in medical uh, state of Colorado. Mm -hmm. And one of the first dispensaries to actually go and and, um, you know, have their license to go in and, and from there, they started a company, Can Advisors, and Can Advisors helps write applications for, you know, com uh, people in emerging states. They've helped people in over 30 states. And I reached out to Jay, introducing myself um, through a cold call, and who would have known that Jay Zarkowski himself and through his days at uh, Computer Associates at a software company, loves cold callers. <laughs> and and <laughs> Jay and I, know. yeah, and, and Jay called me back and, and, and no BS. He said, John, I just wanted to let you know, I gave you this call back because I've never had somebody who, who gave that good of a cold call. 
And I went out to Boulder, Colorado to meet with him. And, you know, two years later, after, you know, building a friendship and a relationship and seeing whether or not, you know, we could actually work together, we were able to, you know, form H2 Talent, um, which is essentially, you know, helping VP, director, executives find the the appropriate companies to help grow and, and scale their business within the cannabis industry. So it's uh, it's a pretty cool story. So here you are. <laughs> here I am. <laughs> yes, I've definitely met you at some of the Colorado Cannabis Caucus events that we host, as well as our major conferences as well. So glad to have you in the industry. Well, um, Bethany, unfortunately, never came to one of our after caucus raucuses. Man. Whenever they were they were hosted in Boulder, we just decided to uh, invite as many people as possible to come into a small studio apartment of mine in Boulder and, and uh, <laughs> talk about the day. <laughs> Sorry to have missed it. I did hear about those and, and the name made me giggle. It's very clever. I love it. Okay, let's take our first commercial break and we'll be right back to chat more with John Como of H2 Talent. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Lady marijuana llama, tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We we're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line. And I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. Downtown, 
Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and I'm still giggling about the cannabis caucus raucous after party. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about the cannabis industry. That's why we're here. It's, as you've said, it is hot. People want to work in this industry. Crazy people. But the phones are ringing off the hook with people looking for jobs, people cold calling places like you, mostly jobs like bud tenders and uh, the more accessible jobs that you would have in a um, in a dispensary or maybe a trimmer in a cultivation. Um, But executive level professionals from other industries also want to work in our industry. So obviously those job descriptions are fewer and further between, probably a bit more difficult to find. Uh, So what would an executive level professional do to jump into this industry? That's a great question. I I think there's a a variety of different things and I I think my story um, in general can add some light to it as well, you know, just going out and reaching out. I think one of the things that I did personally um, while I had my old firm C-Level Search was um, how do I go, even though I'm curious about the industry, how do I legitimize it in my head, right? And at that point, I think it was going um, going to an event in Orlando, Florida in 2016, Mm-hmm. Right. Just going out and picking up a ticket and going and, and walking around. And that gave me a lot of peace of mind. Um, and I'll probably mention peace of mind in a, in a variety of different areas, <laughs> just because it's one of my favorite, favorite sayings. Um, but for me, you know, what made this legitimate and to see everybody under one roof, even back in 2016, you know, outside of being at, I guess, a, a fish or a Grateful Dead show <laughs> where everybody was, you know, okay with consumption of cannabis. And even if they didn't consume, they were okay. Yeah. And seeing all the different industries within this industry mm, and yes. seeing, you know, people from early on, people from Budweiser and other reference, you know, consumer product goods that were, you know, making or at least sniffing around to see it. I think that's really important for an executive, right? Is going out and, and actually seeing it, feeling it. the lay it. of the ha- land, right? Absolutely. Check out the shows, you know, like NCIA that, that we were down in, in Long Beach. And then, you know, there's other ones that have, you know, more of a consumption like Hall of Flowers. I always mm-hmm. like to call that, um, that's, uh, you know, executive decision makers in cannabis in the candy store itself. Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) right yeah it's a cool event absolutely i i think other things that can help is you know go to dispensaries right if you are go around and and look ask them if you can take pictures go and look at the brands you know just do your homework Mm -hmm. and then you know also whether you're a consumer of cannabis or not talk to the consumer Mm. Talk to the people who are actually looking at, at this. And then, you know, on top of that, like also understand that it's not just cannabis. It, it's complicated, yeah. <laughs> federally legal, right? Yeah, you got um, 
Yeah, so, NCI has got great resources, policy council, white papers, um, recommendations for best practices. I think I think we as an association definitely try to make that information that said executive might want pretty easy for sure. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So once once you're in the industry and you you work here, um, uh, let's say you put a few years into the industry, three, four, five years. And then you're ready maybe to get out of the industry. Nothing wrong. Maybe you're you're just ready to go back to some other field uh, to transi transition back out to another non-cannabis industry company. Um, there's still a stigma out there. Uh, there's a risk to get in the cannabis industry. And then I think to get back out into the non-cannabis world too. I, I know this is a... Uh, a strange question, but there are, you know, your entrance plan is important, but so is your exit plan, right? What's what's the risks that one might face at this stage in the year 2019 uh, for a cannabis industry professional to get back out there? Yeah, it it is a very interesting time. Um, I think for people, you know, getting into it, you know, back to the the last question was you know, figuring out what skills and expertise you have and doing your due diligence to see, you know, where the industry needs that. You know, this is a startup industry entirely made up of startup companies, um, 2000 plus years of user product experience and no data, right? So mm -hmm. each and every person has their own skills and expertise from a referenceable industry that align up with this you know, different stacks of talent that you have. And within that fine line is what you can add to this blank canvas, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the things is assessing the timing for the industry as a candidate itself, right? Mm -hmm. Professionally, right? What size of growth of companies have you usually been working at, right? Hey, you know, I worked at IBM. I, this should be a great transition into a startup industry, you know, with no structure and process. It's like, <laughs> eh, wrong, right? Gotcha. And so figuring out, you know, and, and layering that and balancing as to what's the best and worst case scenario. And I think a lot has to do with the story of you, the story of you as the candidate, whether that's coming from inside the cannabis industry or bringing that expertise in. And what I mean is, is if I'm a startup guy, you know, or uh, I do startups, I do startups, I'm doing a cannabis startup, mm -hmm. I'll do another startup, et cetera. That story works, right? Sure. When you start going, hey, I'm a person who scales from 1 million to 15, 1 million to 15, I scale the cannabis company from 1 to 15, et cetera, et cetera. I think that story works. Okay. What you really need to figure out is because of this unique scenario of an industry is doing your due diligence, working with a, a company or people that you like, admire, and respect, and understanding what companies out there can actually garner your level of expertise and your talent okay. and have the egos put aside that actually understand what they can and can't do 
mm-hmm. where their skills lie so they can go and give you the trust that you know how to grow and scale it appropriately. Okay, got it. Um, in our last minute or so here before we take our next commercial break, um, I'd like to mention retired veterans and others who maybe have had minor drug convictions who would like to work in the cannabis industry. And they're they're a huge valuable workforce to be tapped. And looking at what companies themselves can do to attract those people from those groups and actually create career paths for them um, in in their workforce. Do you, do you have any thoughts around integrating these people with minor drug convictions, maybe their records have been expunged or not, or these retired veterans? Sure, I, I know I was just recently up at a, a tech conference with um, uh, up, up in San Francisco and, and was listening to Steve D'Angelo's platform for Last Prisoner Project. And mm-hmm. I also know Steve White and, and uh, a friend of mine, Mark Ross, shout out to, to Harvest. Um, <laughs> those guys are, are moving forward with that type of initiative. And it's, it's right there. It's right in front of us. It seems like it's a no brainer, mm-hmm. but we need to get companies in the right stage of growth with the right leadership and management to go and able to support something like that. Mm. And I think in this early stage of this industry, there's only a handful of companies that can go and do that. And so, Mm. you know, working backwards from, you know, my cause and the impact I can have, you know, running an executive search firm is the more people we go out and place that are executives that can create management and leadership to actually grow and scale companies in order to have them provide an an actual career path to hire this type of workforce or any type of workforce does an enormous job of taking the stigma away and really legitimizing this industry. So I think we just need to get there. We need to get the right, everybody in the right stage to, to grow these companies to, in order to hire these type, of, uh, these type of candidates, these type of, this type of workforce. Got it, got it. Well, hopefully we can move in that direction as we continue to legitimize our industry and grow our businesses. All right, so. let's, take our, uh, let's take our last commercial break here and come back and wrap up our chat with John Camo from H2 Talent. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart Pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, Smart Pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart Pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million Smart Pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. 
The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, wrapping up our discussion here with John Como from H2 Talent. Um, and before I ask a question, uh, I would like to ask the listeners a favor. If you would take a survey and let us know what you like about the podcast, what kind of topics you'd like to hear about, um, what your thoughts are in general, and a little bit about you, please head to thecannabisindustry.org slash podcast survey. We'd love to get your thoughts. So uh, back to you, John. One thing you're a member of NCIA, as is uh, Jay Zarkowski and Di Zarkowski from Canada Advisors are sure. founding members of NCIA for years. Um, our 10-year anniversary as an organization is in 2020. It's wild. So we're asking our members um, to reflect, to reflect back on 10 years ago or even further. And where were you and what were you doing? And could you have predicted this cannabis industry in its current state? So let's start there. What are your thoughts there when you look back? Um, you know, t t 10 years is important to me. Um, you know, personally, I, um, I grew up in Chicago and, um, you know, just through circles was uh, essentially, you know, you, you just kind of follow, you know, the group and the only thing that, you know, we had as, as far as an outlet was, you know, going out and, and drinking. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm coming up on 10 years where I, you know, no longer use alcohol at all. And I, I, I reflect to choice and what it would have been like and how my path would have changed had I had the ability to, you know, growing up and, and you know, living right by the water and, and the park at the Lincoln Park Zoo. I would have loved to have lived in a, in a time where I could have had the choice of whether or not to go to a bar or just to a dispensary, be able mm -hmm. to, you know, smoke a joint and play beach volleyball or ride my bike. But, 
you know, we didn't have that. And so it's so nice to see that all these states are, are coming on board and, and states' rights are, are moving forward. So, you know, the someone that's, you know, 21 years old growing up in Chicago has a choice. They have a different, different path to go down that's safer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that means a, a real lot to me looking back you know, 10 years. And, you know, the other part is being involved in this industry, um, being and you know, working hands-on with, with some people who have, who've been in this industry from the beginnings, um, and seeing where it's grown, where it's developed, the, (laughs) the movement, um, it's, it's, it's hard to figure out how to thank those people, you know, because the stigma of somebody getting in today certainly wasn't the same stigma 10 years ago from the people in Colorado. And, and even the people who were, you know, I don't use black market um, because of my friend, you know, granddaddy, Mike, it, you know, it was the traditional market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sure. so seeing some of those people from the traditional markets, even, you know, way past 10, 10 years ago, um, being legitimized, I, you know, I just, it's nice to, to be able to, you know, think back as to, you know, what someone in the future has as far as choice and, and how to appropriately thank the people that, that risk so much um, for all of us just to get here. Um, yeah, that's a really nice sentiment. And I, I definitely share that with you for sure. Um, there's a lot of people that were part of the movement or, traditional markets um, sure. um, before we got to where we're at. And it's really important to remember that. Um, and then the values that we're taking into the future. Uh, we've got about a minute or two left to discuss here on the podcast. Uh, where will we be in 10 years? Are we going to have federal legalization? Are we going to have more friendly global cannabis industry access? Where do you see us in 2030? Wow, I, I really do think that the implementation of cannabis uh, leads to our minds to, to open up and consider, you know, the possibilities of, you know, where hemp goes. Uh, cannabis moves in, in opening minds, but, you know, hemp uh, leads towards, you know, sustainability. Mm-hmm. And I think all the eyes just, you know, in prohibition, you know, with alcohol, all, all eyes on the globe look at, at the United States, whether you like it or not. Um, and I just think that with, you know, Mexico potentially coming on board today, yeah. um, you know, all the way, I think all the way from, from local municipalities to in overall, the overall globe and planet benefits from this in, 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 you know, by 2020, you know, one that's personal is just, you know, consumption, how incredibly backwards Mm -hmm. those laws are for, you know, executives that have run, you know, profit and loss statements in the the millions that they can't even go and, you know, smoke a joint in their own uh, apartment complex uh, without facing eviction um, is pretty insane. And that there's no place for a a normal... A law-abiding citizen just to be able to, you know, consume in a normal way. I think yeah, it's, yeah, we're really trying to rein those public consumption laws 
um, into implementation here. We've been struggling in Denver, even though yes, on 300 passed, um, it's it's been a struggle with the implementation and rollout. So. Well, it's um, complex yeah. in regards yeah. to, you know, resources. It's an entirely other, you know, podcast is, <laughs> sure. you know, you, you, can't, you can't have food and cannabis in the same exact place. It's like, well, when I consume cannabis, I sure like food somewhere near. <laughs> so let's figure that one out, right? Bethany? Yeah, Jeez. sure. Absolutely right. <laughs> well, we've run out of time. Uh, where can our listeners find out more about your company? Yep. You can go to h2talent.com. And, but in regards to, you know, our conversation and executive placement, um, our presence on LinkedIn, uh, the world's most professional network, um, we have one of the fastest growing followings on our company page in the history of the platform. And we are updating executive VP and director level positions all the time. We've got a staff that you can go out and, and reach and uh, on both the recruiting and the sales function. So please feel free to look us up at H2 Talent and, and also on LinkedIn. We continuously update our, our um, job openings for people that are cannabis experts and also executives that can add you know, skills and expertise into the, the next great global industry. Perfect. Thank you. Well, thank you again for being on the show. It's been a fun conversation. I look forward to seeing you at our Northeast Cannabis Business Conference in Boston and Lobby Days in May. Um, The Northeast Cannabis Business Conference is in February. Uh, You can go to northeastcannabisbusinessconference.com and check out the dates and uh, recommended hotel blocks and our agenda is, is coming out soon as well. Um, and then, of course, mark your calendars for lobby days in May. Uh, we'll have more information rolling out about that soon as well. Um, thanks again for being on the show. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.